welcome to a special Activating Sustainability Reaction podcast on the latest intergovernmental panel on climate change report that was released on March 20th. I'm your host, Chris Peterson, and I'm joined by Anthesis's Chief Sustainability Officer, Paul Crew, to share some of his quick reactions and insights. Paul, thanks so much for joining us. No, absolute pleasure, Chris. Absolute pleasure. Maybe you can just start us off with, at a high level, what is this IPCC report and why should people care about it? Yeah, for me, it's so important and so key. There's lots of many organisations across the globe that have views on climate change and what's happening, but this is the quintessential body of hundreds of scientists across the globe, inter-country, that have come together and agreed on a set of data points that are absolutely pointing to some really important milestones for us as human beings on this planet. Some key extracts for me is global warming is more likely than not in the near term to reach a one and a half degree C rise. Now that is unequivocal, but it's not hypothetical. This is science telling us that that's going to happen. Carbon emissions continue to rise relentlessly last year, but they've got to fall by almost half by 2030 half by 2030 if we've got any hope of actually achieving and limiting that global warming of one and a half degrees so so important you've we can all see we've all been able to look out for our windows listen to the news in our own areas in in areas where our friends live where we're seeing that devastating extreme weather events even last year alone these are going to continue you know i've seen floods my own village has been flooded I've seen fires, we see droughts, and the scientists in the IPCC report are absolutely confirming that these are going to become more frequent and intense, and these are going to exacerbate themselves with every small, slight movement of a degree of warming. The report is absolutely about urgency. It is crunch time for every one of us on this planet. We are so close to reaching one and a half degree C that things need to happen now. We have to stop talking and we have to start doing at scale and at speed. One warning, excuse the pun, one warming feeling that I actually got from the report concluded that humanity, us as human beings, have the tools to curb and adapt to climate change. But we haven't necessarily got the pure political will to do so. And that window is closing, so we absolutely need to act. I'm just going to pick up on United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres' words. The IPCC report indicates that this is a survival guide for humanity. And the one and a half degree C limit is achievable, but it will take a quantum leap in climate action. We're going to go back, action. No more procrastination. Let's work, solve those issues and solve those problems. And, you know, have a world that we're going to be safe for all of our families and our families' families to come. Yeah, and it's pretty incredible when you think about, as you said, that kind of stark contrast between one and a half degrees of feels like it, we're there now, right? And the two degree kind of output that we're on track for, you know, 
do you want to speak a little bit to to some of those consequences or the things you're seeing? Yeah, from a consequence perspective, you know, we're seeing it in our homes. We're seeing it in our friends' homes. We're seeing it on continents. We're seeing extreme heat. We're seeing crops that are being devastated because they either have too much water or they have no water. You know, the the challenges that we face are everywhere. And quite often it's it's easy for us in our own worlds to think it's always somebody else's problems. But actually, if we just think about the food that we eat, you know, the majority of food that we eat comes from the continents that, you know, are not nearby us. And so we have to rely upon the changing seasons, the, you know, the impacts of even moving goods and services due to the impact of weather conditions, as an example. So it's not anybody else's problems. It's all of our problems. And we all have a really important part to play in making decisions based upon scientific evidence, in fact, that the IPCC has produced to enable us to fulfil the important thing that we have to achieve, and that is keeping that global warming to the right sensible level that gives everybody an opportunity to enjoy a healthy social well-being and life. Yeah. No, I, there was a really interesting graphic within it of the generational impacts of this as they advance. They you know, definitely encourage everybody to take a look at and think about in terms of exactly like you're saying, how it's impacting people today and how that will vary in terms of impacts for those who were born in the 50s or the 70s or 2000s, et cetera. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I use a simple premise um, when I think about, you know, my world. You know, initially, I think about the things that I can influence in my world, as in my family with me. Then I think about the impact in my community. But then I think about beyond my community and the wider world community. And if we all think along those lines, and it's, it's you know, we are we are human beings and it's fine to be selfish about my I, but actually there's no I in team. And so if we all come together and collaborate and support each other to move in a direction of travel that we're hearing very loud and clear is one we must take or expect the consequences. There are no unintended consequences here. We can see the consequences by not taking action. Mm. Yeah, it's a great way of putting it. So, Paul, one thing we wanted to ask is around, there's a lot in the report about kind of planetary, societal, and country level impacts, but I know you spend a lot of time in boardrooms, et cetera, and would love to hear kind of how you see this report and what it means for organizations and individuals. Yes. You know, I have the privilege, as we do in Anthesis, so we have the privilege of supporting organizations, government, cities, and communities across the globe with every aspect of sustainability. You know, I'm proud of the journey that we're on. I'm proud that we're a B Corporation to be able to walk the talk. So not just advising our clients, but actually walking the talk ourselves in the things that we do. And for me, the more we can talk, the more we can communicate, and the more we can engage and dispel myths and legends, 
around the social and economic challenges of climate change, the more impact we will actually be able to have together. And for me, creating that awareness at a level which is understood throughout an organisation. And what that means is, is understanding the impact, both in terms of the social, environmental, but also the financial impact. Climate change is creating a huge amount of risk. It's causing you know, uncertainty. It's causing uncertainty in markets with financial institutions, with insurance institutions, with corporations that are looking to invest in future technologies in future countries. And that uncertainty, obviously, is not a great thing to have in your horizon. So for me, having that awareness throughout an organisation about the parts and the things that they can influence to expedite change is so, so important. I think from my perspective, you know, if if I could share a few ideas of how organisations can really grab hold of the opportunity by having organisations truly adopt and commit to a carbon plan or net zero carbon transition and have those KPIs or performance indicators locked into individuals' performance objectives really make a difference. For me, having a clear plan on a direction of travel to enable you to go on a journey to get to a next zero transition in your organisation is vitally important. But there are some blockers that can be perceived as an issue, and that's around collaboration. And in a number of countries that um, I have worked in, there are very strict laws and strict governance practices that really disenfranchise collaboration. They class it as a pre-competitive antitrust perspective. And having the ability for governments at country level to really understand we are in an existential crisis. Climate change is a crisis. And we should absolutely have an agreement where we move from pre-competitive as a word and we really move into what I class as transformative alliances. So alliances that come together that can actually transform and help us to move into a net zero world. And that takes guts, it takes trust but for me it is so vitally important and i believe we will get there this is under review in the united kingdom right here and now with the cma um, which is a government organization which governs how businesses work and operate together and i've got great expectations that common sense will prevail and that by enabling finance organisations, technology organisations, corporations, NGOs, organisations like Anthesis to really come together through an alliance to share our brains, share our ideas, our thoughts. I would class it in my world, 
share the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that will then allow us to learn and accelerate things at a much larger scale. And, you know, I'm proud of the things that we do in Anthesis for those organizations. We are here. Please reach out. We're really excited about being able to help accelerate the impact for our partners and our future partners on their net zero carbon transitions. So we are here and we would love to be able to help you. Well, wonderful. I know so much more we can unpack within that, but really appreciate kind of those initial reactions. I know there's a lot of resources on the website, et cetera, to help support that. So Paul, thank you so much for the time and insight. Really appreciate it. No, very good. And uh, good luck on your journeys. And thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to visit anthesisgroup.com for those resources that we mentioned, in-depth analysis and links to the IPCC report. Thanks again. Take care.